Hi there, you're listening to the Game Developers Playlist, the new podcast from GamesIndustry.biz. I'm your host, Rebecca Valentine. This is episode five of this series, uh, which means at some point I probably don't need to explain it as in depth, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, if you've read the site regularly, you might have seen a regular column that we do called Why I Love, in which we enlist folks in the games industry to write a bit about the games that have inspired them or shaped their journey as developers, creators, and game makers. Uh, this is an audio spinoff of that idea where I chat with developers about the games that have informed their work and let them talk about it instead of write about it. Uh, this week, I'm delighted to welcome Fred Horgan as our guest. Uh, he is currently the senior prototyping designer at Boss Studios and has previously worked at PlayStation, PlayFusion, and at Jagex on RuneScape. Fred, how's it going? Hi, Reb. Uh, I'm doing fine, thanks. Great to hear. Uh, before we get into the games that inspire you, I want to know a little bit more about you. Can you start by telling me how you got your start in games in the first place? Oh, how did I start in games? I mean, well, it, it, it all starts out with, uh, you know, with getting playing games from a very early age, as I imagine most people's passion with games starts. But um, it's, it's, it's funny, my dad was actually quite a gamer. Um, so and he's 60 this year so so it's quite an uncommon thing for to have such a, a a gamer dad i think um at that time um but i remember watching him play all of the old uh, like pc rpgs that were out at the time like eye of the beholder and the ultima games and you know wizardry all of those old things so uh yeah it was a bit, bit of a different um sort of gaming background to, to most people I think who's I think are probably around Nintendo consoles and, and stuff yeah and it inspired you to pursue a career yeah it's it's I've always wanted to I always wanted to get in, into games um I was really lucky that I actually had the full support of both my parents all the time it's like oh you know what do you want to do we go oh I want to make video games so I was like fine go for it <laughs> give it was to give it a go um that sounds wonderful. How, so what what was sort of the path that you took? Did you go to school for games development? Uh, so uh, so I guess, um, like, I mean, I always knew I wanted to go into it, but it was one of those things you never quite know how viable it really is. Um, so I actually uh, pursued a, uh, like a, a straight computer science um, degree and went into coding. I was like, well, you know, like, I don't, you know, the games industry is quite competitive. I'm not sure if I'm actually going to get a, you know land a decent gig um so uh yeah i prepared myself for just going straight into programming and actually uh really lucked out uh by landing myself uh, a content developer role at jagex working on runescape straight out of university oh wow can can, can i ask I, I don't know if it maybe dates you a little bit and i don't want to be rude but can i ask what like around what year that was uh that was 2011 oh wow I was really into RuneScape years and years ago, so I'm trying to think back. It might have been it might have been after I was playing RuneScape. I possibly, I mean, yeah. I mean, there's 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 lots of eras of people playing RuneScape. Everyone's played RuneScape at some point, right? That's true, right? Like that's the that's the quintessential kind of MMO that everybody has touched at some point. Absolutely. <laughs> so, what was your time like at Jagex? I was. It was great. Um, I was, I've. It's still the 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 point in my career I've had like the most diversity on the stuff that I've uh, I've worked on. It was from all kinds of things. Um, they've got they've got a really unique uh, approach to the way that they build their content. There, um, it's basically they they uh, they work out like what needs to be done, um, you know, across X amount of time. Um, and then they basically just like chunk up that work and sort of assign it to the people that are free and the people that are best suited to certain projects at the time. Um, it was a little bit more freeform when I started there. Uh, they've moved uh, over towards having 
dedicated teams that have sort of specialisms and stuff now. Um, but they still it it still allows for a lot of different stuff that you can work on. That sounds really cool. How did you end up moving on from Jagex? Oh, so I it, it just it just felt like the right time. Um, I'd been involved in some like high profile stuff at, at Jagex. I was involved in like the combat rework. I did uh the the raid content and stuff and it was like you know i just feel like it's time time to do time to do something something new something different and uh i uh i ended up going over to um a, a startup company uh that a few other jaggets people went to um called play fusion and they were working on some next generation toys to life tech uh which was really fun oh interesting how long how long were you there uh, it was about three years, I think I was there for. Um, so yeah, working on all kinds of different bits and pieces. Like they had, they had some cool AR tech uh, that they put into trading card games and stuff, so you could like scan cards and they'd unlock digitally in the digital game and stuff. It was all kinds of all crazy kinds of stuff. Oh, neat! And then you went to PlayStation after that. Yes, I did. A, I did a short stint at a PlayStation, working on uh, on an unannounced VR game. Um, while I was there, and uh, can I can I ask, is it unannounced because it's going to be announced at some point? I did, I, I honestly don't know uh, <laughs> at this point. So <laughs> fair enough. Um, and then Bossa. Yes, um, it was just a kind of right place, right time thing. Um, I found myself, uh, you know, with um, at the 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 beginning of the year. Uh, looking for for other opportunities and stuff and i started looking and then lockdown happened and it was like oh this 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 doesn't look good <laughs> um and uh, it just got bossed came along um right place right time right role it was absolutely perfect for for what i was wanting to move on to doing and um yeah i started there i've uh, been there about six months now um so this is a relatively new role for you. Congratulations! It is, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it is quite new. Uh, it's been it's been an absolute crazy six months. Um, but uh, I've, I'm yet to actually still meet any of the people that I work with. Who have been, I've been working remotely from for my entire time there so far. Oh wow! Wow. So what what kinds of things do you do? What 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 does a senior prototyping designer do? Oh, it's that's 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 an interesting question. One one, <laughs> one I, I wish I was able to answer in, in its entirety um so it's uh, basically um at, at bossa we have uh, a dedicated prototyping and audiation team um and um sort of the process varies um sort of like year to year from uh, from what i can from what i hear um but um we basically go through um an internal process of rapidly developing various game ideas and different prototypes based on internal game jams and uh, other ideas from wherever they happen to come from in the company and um it's uh it's my role to look at the the design end of those things and and refine the ideas that they've got uh, help help run brainstorming sessions and and find people that are interested in iterating on you know, the, the, the various ideas and concepts that come through and then we spend uh, our team spends about three weeks iterating on an idea we get playable and we bank it and then we work on the next thing and so yeah in the last six months I think we've done 18 prototypes I think it is oh wow that sounds really fun 
it is great fun. It's, it sounds like you get to see and try a whole lot of different things. Yes, yes, it's yeah, it's very very fast paced and and very rapid. But yeah, it means you get to work on all kinds of different things. It's like oh, you know, could be working on like a you know racing game now, and then it's like oh, three weeks later we're working on some city building thing, and then three weeks later we're working on. Yeah, it's something completely different. So it's, oh, this is like first person, and this is third person, and this is top down. It's like it's, it's it's crazy. So Bossa just launched Surgeon Simulator Two. Did you have anything to do with that? Um, I didn't have anything to do with Surgeon uh, Two directly, uh, unfortunately. Um, it's it's, it's it was great seeing it um, like being worked on internally and things like getting involved in all the internal playtests and um, you know we really the bosses big on having lots of internal feedback and stuff so it's regularly getting to play all the builds and and the the user generation content that they've got in there is is really something special sounds like fun what about uh i i am fish so i am fish uh interestingly is uh the is the team that the old prototyping designer moved on to because he was so attached to the idea from the previous round of prototyping <laughs> that he was like, oh, I, I need to see this project through. And that's when it's like, well, I guess we've got to find someone to take your job. Then. <laughs> so what what does that mean? Does that mean that here in, you know, however many years we're going to see you like move on and work on, I don't know, I am, I, I don't know, <laughs> random <laughs> objects sitting around me. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly. Who knows? I am uh, egg. I don't know. <laughs> I, I am. I'm going to write that one down. I am egg. <laughs> Uh, I, I will let you, is there, do you want to plug either of those games or anything else that Bossa is doing before we move on? Well, what should I mean, people be excited about? Oh, I mean, people should absolutely check out uh, Surgeon 2. Like, it's, it's got some, some of the craziest user generation tools I've seen. Like, and it's, it's, it's like a Gary's Mod levels of, of weird that you can do. conversation which is a game that is seems very different from either i am fish or surgeon simulator one or two um it's a game that's inspired you in your work uh you chose fantasy star online it's an online rpg it's published by sega back in i think 2000 for the good old dreamcast originally um Mm -hmm. and if i'm not completely mistaken i think it was the first online rpg for consoles uh it has since been ported a few times and while it's been taken offline uh it has been continued in spirit as the series followed um there's a fantasy star online too um but fred i'm i'm not i'm i'm terrible i'm not terribly familiar with pso beyond like just you know sort of reading the history uh what did i miss what can you tell me about fantasy star online as a game so it's it's just one of those games that for for me was right right place right time um in in like when I was growing up, I guess. Um, like, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up around PC games and and a lot of DOS and early Windows stuff, and so I never really had any consoles, and I was never exposed to the magic that is Japanese video games until quite late on in my in my sort of video gaming life, and uh, yeah, I, I played. Zelda and stuff on on you know, friends Super Nintendos and stuff, um, but uh, it was uh, one of my friends at, at school. Um, he his house backed onto the school field, 
and uh, we uh, we weren't particular fans of of doing art at school. So we would, you know, some some sometimes decide maybe art isn't for us today, and we go to his, and he was like, "Oh, I've got this really cool new game on the GameCube. It's called Fancy Star Online. It's awesome. We need to play it." And that was my first introduction to, like, real introduction to, you know, Japanese games and the 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 craziness that is the like the the over the top nature that comes with, you know, JRPG stuff. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it was it was the GameCube version that I played first, uh, rather than on the Dreamcast. So it was slightly later uh, later release. Um, and it was just this the first time that I'd really experienced a real co-op like dungeon crawling RPG gameplay properly. Um I played other uh, co-op games and stuff before then, you know, I played Baldur's Gate um with my you know my sister and Diablo and Ultima Online and but they're all very uh you know much kind of drier very heavily stat driven D and D like things, um, and Fancy Star just came along as this over the top, brightly coloured, loud sci fi RPG, and I was like, "This is like nothing I've ever seen before." <laughs> what was your so you can you could customize your character in, in PSO? What what was your your first character that you, that you made? Uh, so I think my very first character, so one of the cool things you do in that was you could play as a robot. And so obviously my first character was a a sword-wielding robot. Um, and yeah, yeah, so it, it was really cool because being um, effectively an MMO, it had all of the trappings that MMOs had, but because it, it had been ported to this home console... It was all local multiplayer, so you got all of the stuff that you would otherwise see in an MMO. But it was this four-player split-screen MMO experience, and it was just absolutely unique. There was nothing else like it that I've played before. So you clearly played this game with other people on multiple occasions. Do you have any any fun stories from you know the adventures that you got up to? Many. Um, so it was it 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 went from different. Uh, different versions of of it was were released um, over the years. So, like, so we we started on the on the GameCube, um, and then there was a PC version, which was an updated version of it, was released, and we managed to get hold of some server emulation software, and then we all started playing on PC, and that became crazy because we could now we didn't all have to all be sat in the same room. We can now just play this game all the time, and. Yeah, you know, the the first time that we got this this server set up and we're playing through it and it's like, oh, you know, we've been playing this game for sort of like nine or ten hours now. Maybe we should possibly go to bed and then another three hours roll around. It's like, no, yeah, we really should stop. I know that feeling. Lots lots of uh, World of Warcraft mood there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Did you did you did you stick with the game long term? Like, did you end up playing Fantasy Star Online two or anything like that? Yeah, so I mean, PSO two came out uh, very recently um, in the West, um, mm-hmm. 
and um, that was a big deal because it came out in what like 2012 i think oh yeah yeah, it's crazy we've been waiting for ages for it like i I mean our group that played the original pso we found a a a fan translation for pso2 and we were playing on the japanese servers years ago and then it was like whenever there was any kind of announcement came out of sega it's like is it pso2 for the west is it pso2 for the west is it pso2 for the west (laughs) (laughs) and it never was and then it was i think it was e3 last year and i i remember um I I wasn't watching because I was actually working um, at the time, and I just got a message from one of my friend from from my friend who we used to go to his uh, his house and play uh, the original PSO. It was just like you need to watch E3 now. You will never guess what they've just announced. And I was uh. like, I was like, yeah, you're going to tell me it's something like PSO two for for Wes. He was like, this is exactly what is happening right now. You need to come and watch this. Oh my god, that that must have been incredible. So are are you and your original kind of team of friends still in touch? Yeah, 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 yeah. We um I mean I I went to school with uh with with this uh this this guy he was my best man at my wedding and stuff. Like we we've been playing games for a very, very long time. But yeah, PSO is one of the things that we always come back to. Um yeah, we're playing uh still playing PSO two now. Oh, that's really, really cool. <laughs> so I want to get to sort of how this is, you know, kind of influenced you as a developer. Um, has, has your how, how has your view of that game of of the original PSO kind of changed over time as you've sort of learned, you know, how how game development works, how game design works, and the kinds of things that you care about and value in game design? Yeah, so it's really interesting because, um, like, looking back on it now, I mean, there's there's it's there's obviously some parts of the game that are dated. Um, the, the the control scheme for one definitely stands out as being something that's that's a, it's quite clunky to play um but there are a lot of fundamental kind of like design elements and stuff to it that i think were quite ahead of its time so i mean it, it basically uses the destiny model that we see lots of things use now where you've got your big social space and then you make your teams of sort of you know four five six people and then you go into an instance and run through that instance and then you come back to this big social space and that was literally how pso was built and functioned way all the way back in 2000 and it's crazy to think that you know the the these are this you know what what we're seeing as as the norm for how online games work now is how this was functioning like 20 years ago do you do you feel that the game is generally held up though just overall i i think it has um like i say the the control scheme is a little bit dated and it can be a bit bit clunky to get into but it's it's nothing that you know as as someone who is who is a fan of it and has great nostalgia for it um is i can quite easily look past it um but there's there's just so much uh, so much of it that still still works. So, um, yeah, like, like I said, it, there's a lot of parallels to to modern um, game design and and game like player sensibilities and stuff in there. Uh, things like um, a lot of their rare drops and things being focused around not necessarily statistical increases but cosmetic progression. So the whole thing around finding rare weapons and farming specific bosses or farming specific enemies for rare weapons was because those rare weapons looked cool. <laughs> and it, it was it, it it was all sci-fi uh themed and yeah. kind of lightsabers and 
um, you know, laser weapons and stuff, which is cool in its own right. But then they had uh, the, one of the ones I remember um, the two of us all we were going after was one called Chainsword, which was a chainsaw with plasma blades on it. <laughs> it's like what what's not to what's not to like about this? That's great. That's so over the top and wonderful. Exactly. It, I mean, the, the whole thing was over the top. Um, but they, 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 there was all kinds of like weird things in it. So there were um, all the these different rare weapons that that look different, and then you get to a certain point in the game. So that it was all um, sectioned up into uh, difficulty levels. So you had like normal, hard, very hard, and then ultimate difficulty. I think it was, yeah. and each of the difficulties had different loot lists. And uh, there was one of the things they did that was quite interesting was depending on your uh, your character name, it did something in the back end to generate a numerical ID from your character name, and that associated your character a color. And different characters' colors meant they had different drop lists from things. So there was a reason for you to have multiple characters or be playing with other people who had access to different drop lists that you did and it was like oh we're gonna farm this weapon so we need someone with like the the red you know the that's aligned to red or we're gonna farm this stuff we need someone that's aligned to blue that's fascinating has have other games done that ever i don't think i've seen anything quite like that um it was it's really bizarre to think that anyone kind of worked that out at the time as well like this is this is 2000 this is dial-up territory yeah. And like this is game game facts, and like how do people <laughs> like work out these drop lists and this stuff? And and they're, they're all there. Like there there was a, a website PSO World. I'm pretty sure it's still going now. It's got PSO two stuff on it. Um, but that has all of the drop lists for all the difficulties and all of the enemies and everything. And it was like, and this is in the early two thousands. Like how did people get this information back then? Yeah, wow, that's incredible. So. How how has PSO made its way into your work? If we were to look at all the games that you have had any hand in ever, would we be able to see sort of, you know, digging very deep the subtle influences of your experience with Fantasy Star Online? I, I would like to think so. Um, I, I think there's some that are more obvious than others. Um, so one one that comes to mind is, uh, so there's, there's a boss in, um, I think it's the second area in, in PSO, uh, called Diroli, and it's this massive, um, it's like this massive fish worm thing that you <laughs> fight on a boat, and it's a boat, and it's going through these uh, like these underground tunnels, and this big fish thing is jumping over the boat and crashing onto the boat, and you can only harm it when it's when it like crashes onto the boat is the only time that you can hit it, and then it falls off and starts like launching boulders at you from the ceiling, and it's it's a it's a really quite a it's it's a real spectacle and like an exciting fight um but it's interesting that it's uh what i really liked about it was it was a boss that you didn't you didn't move around it was the boss that had the movement and it was the boss that was kind of controlling the area of the battlefield rather than you moving around it and kiting things around and making sure that you're in the right position for stuff and i i remember taking that as a direct influence for uh, one of the raid bosses that I made in RuneScape. Um, and it was a water spirit 
and the whole idea was well what if we make a boss that doesn't move how can i do something interesting and have players still move around a battlefield and around this boss arena and still you know and not just stand in one place and and wail on this boss like how can i make a boss that doesn't inherently move and still make the area interesting and um so the 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 solution that i that i went with was it there was it was on a beach and you fought this thing in um in the water on the edge of this beach and as it got to the different health thresholds it would jump into holes on the beach into different pools and each of the different pools around the beach had different mechanics associated with it so you ended up dragging players around this beach as it was jumping between these different pools and the and the ocean and um so it was it, it, the boss still had this complete control of the air, of the arena but players were still being forced to move around it and use the space oh you're making me miss rating at mmos <laughs> that was a really cool story were were there any others that you wanted to share yeah, I mean, so on a more kind of fundamental level, I guess, um, one of the things that the PSO really did for me was that introduction to, um, like, cooperative play. Uh, I'd never quite experienced co-op gameplay like it before. Um, and ever since then, co-op games and making cooperative content has been, like, my thing. That's what I... You know, that's what I really enjoy doing is making systems, mechanics, and and gameplay around sort of team-based cooperative stuff. Um, and uh, so, on a more on a on kind of like a less level, on a more kind of like conceptual level, um, uh, a lot of the work that I did um, at PlayFusion on um, their games, uh, they did a couple of digital trading card games. Um, Lightseekers and Warhammer Champions, yeah. and um, I I was one of the the sort of like people behind implementing and designing the uh, campaign systems and like adventure modes for that because uh, we got to the point obviously there was a lot of PvP and competitive stuff and I was I was like well you know we we need to try and see what we can do you know I love card games but we need to see what we can do to start adding some content that is basically PVE or cooperative that people can do that aren't driven by the competitive side of it, that don't want to be doing the PVP because it's a large audience that are otherwise alienated with the lack of this content. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I went away and, and worked with the design team there and we came came away with, with a really cool campaign system um, and uh and, and like this like endless adventure mode that were that and I ended up um implementing into both games. It really seems to have shaped your understanding of not just cooperative play but just general social play across the board. Yeah, it's it it's it's a really it's a really cool thing. Like the games it, it sounds silly, but it's like games are always fun more fun when you're playing with the, with your friends. Um That's not silly. No, <laughs> it's it's but you say it's it's an obvious thing when you say it, um, and it's like mm. it's like yeah, it it really is. So like, how can we make it so that we can play with with our friends rather than against them? Um, and for me, that's what really drives it. You know, if there's games that I can play with, uh, you know, with my friends, and you know, as team team based stuff um, towards like common goal, that's that's very much what motivates me as a player. Um, and I feel that that's what I brought. Um, you know, I, I think PSO is where that 
really originated from because um, a lot of the other co sort of cooperative experiences I had to, up until then were very sandboxy D&D style open experiences uh, whereas PSO was a much more guided um, focused experience around you know going down these dungeons and farming these this loot and getting these rare drops and fighting these these bosses um, and a lot of the boss encounters in that were uh, highly mechanical boss fights which like you know led me towards my love for MMO raiding and all of that sort of stuff and again you know comes back into um, my work that I did on, on RuneScape with the raids there uh, I also worked on the combat rework there and there was a lot of um, a lot of thought when we were doing uh, the rework on the combat system for RuneScape it's like well if we're adding all of these abilities and we're adding this this new nuance to the combat system what elements of this would we be able to you know what levers can we add that we can pull when we're looking into the future for making interesting boss fights of course do you think that uh either pso or pso2 you know depending is is still a valuable game for developers to go back and play and experience to sort of you know inform their own understanding of all the things that you've just said i'd say absolutely like if people can if people can find a, a decent way of playing pso it should definitely give it a go um, just to see like how far back a lot of the, the, the fundamental ideas and, and concepts that we're seeing in modern, um, you know, cooperative MMOs today. Like I feel that a lot of them came from there and I'm, I'm not sure if, if that's where like other people's influence and stuff has come from here, but you can definitely see that the, the, um, the understanding and the thought process that they put into um, PSO and the way that it works was the same process that's being had now. Do you do you feel like, especially now that we have uh, PSO two kind of in the West, do you feel that that is a significant enough iteration that you know people should go back and check that one out over the original, or does the original still have a lot to offer? I think they're, they're, it, it's interesting how similar they still are. <laughs> um like the the um at its absolute core PSO2 is still a big open social space that you pull a team together and you go to go down into instance areas and fight in those instance areas and then come back to your so to the big social hub um that core uh you know structure of the game hasn't actually changed um but there's there's obviously all of the all of the things that we have learned since, um, you know, around quality of life and the control scheme is significantly better. The the um, player feedback is massively more improved. So I think it's, um, I, I'm not sure that PSO2 quite stands out amongst its peers in the same way that the original PSO did. Um, and so almost as a as an appreciation of, of history and, and where it was, I still think the original PSO is a really interesting thing to look at um, in the context of like when it came out and the other games that were around at the time. Yeah. I think it's also, it's also offline now, I think. So you'd technically have to find like a private server or something to go back and re-experience the original. Yeah. I'd, or play with people in the living room. Yeah. I'd, well, I mean, if, if you've got, um, if you've got a GameCube and you can get a GameCube copy, you can still play it locally. Aha. I think that was the one that I originally had recommended to me and I never picked it up. I'm kind of regretting that now. Yeah. Oh, you, you still should. It's still, it is still good. 
Maybe we'll get a PSO3 one of these days, and then a decade later or more in the US. God, <laughs> or you're the hopefully. UK in your case. Yeah, well, that would be nice. I mean, I'm so from what I can gather, it looks like they actually announced PSO3 in all but name. And there's there's a new a new PSO, and they're like, yeah, it uses the PSO2 engine, and you can port your characters from PSO2, but we're not calling it PSO3, even though actually <laughs> it looks like it is basically PSO3. It's like, uh, fine, if you're going to give me more PSO, I'll take it. Fred, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about regarding Fantasy Star Online or how it has impacted you as a game developer that you want to tell everybody? Yeah, I would recommend people just to go and check it out if they haven't. And if not, at least go check out PSO2. Um, there's still a lot of a lot of things that it offers. Um, and it's it's really nice to see that that as a, as a brand and a name, it's still going. Um, you know, there's been a lot of spin-offs and stuff over the years, but it's nice to see that it was still still deemed worthy of getting a full-on sequel. Well, this has been the Game Developers Playlist. We'll be coming out with a new episode once a month, which you'll be able to listen to on all good podcasting platforms, alongside our weekly news show with the rest of the GamesIndustry.biz team, and a second monthly podcast from my colleague James Batchelor called The Five Games Of, where he interviews industry figures about five of their milestone games. Once you find us on a good podcasting platform, consider subscribing so it'll let you know whenever another episode appears, and you can and should get our, your daily dose of news and insight into the world behind games at GamesIndustry.biz. Thanks to Julian Villarreal for the music you heard throughout this episode, and thanks so much Fred for joining me today Fred tell me where can people find you in your games uh, so you can find um, you find me uh, at Fred Horgan on Twitter um, and Bossa all the Bossa's games at uh, Bossa Studios uh, on Twitter um, I, we should hopefully in the not too distant future be doing some uh, some announcements and stuff around the prototypes that we've been working on we're definitely going to want to be having uh, you know, people playing them and giving us feedback on them it's, it's, it's how we how we do our best work awesome go follow him go follow Bossa go play some good games and have a great week everyone